Welcome to Between the Shelves. This is your host, Alex, and this week I am joined by the head of teen services, Marianne. Hello. Hi, Alex. And uh, adult librarian extraordinaire, Peter. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Yeah. This is both of your second episodes, right? Peter yeah. was on the mystery episode, and Marianne, what was the, did we have a topic? We or didn't was just... really have a topic, no, we were just kind of talking about what we were into. Favorite with books. Melissa, one of the other teen staff members. Yeah. Yes. Favorite books, yeah. So this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about TV, some current shows that are out right now, just got restarted for the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, when I mentioned that I was going to be doing a podcast for Sable Library, the first thing anyone told me was you have to do an episode on yellow jackets so later on in the episode we're going to be talking about yellow jackets i promise um but before we get into like specific shows i just want to talk a little broadly about you know tv right now in general so a lot of people you you hear a lot nowadays like we're in the golden era of tv um, I'm just wondering like what your thoughts are. Do you think that's true? Are we in like a golden era of TV right now? Or do you think it, would have, it was another decade was the golden era of TV? I don't really think we're in the golden age right now of TV. I think it was back in the 50s when it really did first start because that was when all those genres began um, that we're all watching now and it continues. And I think each person's going to have a different opinion anyway. I mean... I wasn't around in the 50s, so for me, the golden age for me was probably when I came of age, maybe the 80s, the 90s. I thought the TV was great back then, watching The Cosby Show, Growing Pains. Like, for me, that's the golden era. Well, I guess... Now, I don't think so. When I mean, like, golden era, I don't mean, like, these are, like, the founding fathers of TV. I mean, like, what do you think was, like, the best time for TV? So I used to think it's, like, the late... 80s, 90s kind of Yes, I, era. I think it was the 80s, 90s era. I think um, the Seinfeld days. I mean, there's yeah. not a day that goes by that I don't think of a line from Seinfeld. Like, it sure. is in my life. It's influenced it. It's Yeah, there's so many lines from Seinfeld that have joined yeah. our, uh, our lexicon. Yeah, and I can't think of any shows right now, even though there's a lot of great shows. I can't think of any really quotable shows that would stick with me, you know, 20, 30 years down the road. Yeah, some other shows from the '90s. This uh, I wrote down a couple here uh, because I figured we'd have we'd mention the '90s because yes. I I agree. I think Sorry, it was. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. <laughs> um, the Simpsons. That was huge for me. So that was that had. A, I mean, it's still going today, but that I think it the best years were in the '90s. Um, Friends, Roseanne, and Home Improvement. I. Not really a huge fan of either of those shows, but I looked back at like what were the highest rated shows during those times, and Home Improvement and Roseanne, for most of the 90s, were in the top three. Shows. I was going to say Roseanne. I loved that show when I was growing up. And even today, I watch The Connors, because it still has that nostalgic yeah. feel for me. Um, I don't want you guys to be too star tra- starstruck, but Roseanne's mom was my landlady when I lived in Salt Lake. Oh. So. <laughs> I remember you saying <laughs> this story. <laughs> So we have a connection. My friend yeah. still lives in the building. He has met Roseanne a few Is times. Is she still the landlady? Yeah, she's very old. Well, <laughs> we'll have to get some stories off Mike. Yeah. <laughs> um, X-Files. I know Stephanie, who, who is the head of adult services, she's a huge X-Files fan. That was in the, you know, a bulk of that was in the 90s. And ER was, I think, the number one rated show for the 90s as well. And that was one of the... First real hospital shows, I think there was St. Elsewhere also, 
but I feel like ER really started even more so, like all the medical drama shows that continued. Right. Because there were so many famous people in there, and I don't know, I think it had a bigger following than St. Elsewhere. Yeah. So what about you, Peter? Do you agree it was the I, 90s? I or? disagree, actually. I mean, like, I think that TV is so different now because there's so many options. So you're never going to have the sort of, you know, Seinfeld was such a phenomenon, but like so many people watched it. There's never going to be a show that that many people watch just because there are so many different options. But I, I think that as far as like quality of TV, we're kind of coming to the end of the golden age, the beginning of the 2000s, just with like all of the cable networks and then, you know, the streaming coming in. We just had such a huge variety of shows that the writing quality was like, I find like a much higher level than you used to get in TV in the 90s, particularly with dramas like, you know, kind of starting with The Sopranos, but you yeah things like The Wire and Breaking Bad and stuff. It was just like, I feel like it brought TV to another level. But now we're kind of, you know, HBO's canceling things, Netflix is canceling, and we're getting a lot of just like franchise shows now with Star Wars and everything. So I think it's wrapping up, but there was a real, probably due to like the um, growth of like the cable networks initially and then the streaming services where they were just making so many shows that would never have been made yeah. before and types of shows that wouldn't have been made yeah it's funny to see how it's evolved so like that was in my notes so in the 2000s early 2000s sopranos comes out huge hit you know i think i agree with you the writing was on a higher level than most of the things that were out in the 90s and then that's followed quickly by again you said the wire west wing that's not hbo but that comes out quickly soon after six feet under oh, um, Sex in the City, Dexter, these all come out right around the same times. Um, the Office also comes out in like, you know, the mid 2000s about, I'm not sure. No, that was yeah, like early. It was 2006, 7? I don't know. Maybe I 7 or 8. It was like that. that, yeah. Um, so yeah, I agree. In like the 2000s, the writing, I think it's bumped up. And then you notice, uh, I noticed after the 2000s, now all the network channels are starting to chase that. So you start seeing like Mad Men, Downton Abbey. Uh, Walking Dead, uh, Breaking Bad, all these shows start coming out. So, yeah, I think yeah. 2000s, 2010s, the writing gets a little bit a little bit better. And now we're in the streaming era. So there's all these major companies competing, pulling viewers from cable TV. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. The franchise shows right now is a, is a big trend. We got all the Star Wars shows on Disney. We got the Lord of the Rings show on Amazon. We got... Uh, Marvel shows. Marvel shows. Uh, Halo, the huge video game series, that has a show now. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because I do agree with that. Like, all those really great shows did start to come out. It probably was the start with The Sopranos and all the networks started coming out with these big um, hour-long shows. Um, but now I'm starting to see more of those sitcoms are coming back, too. I haven't really watched any of the new sitcoms, but, like... Um, Abbott Elementary, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head, but like there are more of those coming back because I think there are people out there that are nostalgic for those and the fact that not everybody could afford all these streaming networks. You know, back, back in the 90s, we just had basic cable and maybe you got HBO, maybe you got Showtime if you could afford it. And so everybody was watching all those sitcoms and, and now, you know, you have to 
you know, pay for Netflix or Apple TV to watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, there's a dozen or more streaming services now. It adds up to so much money, your average person. Yeah, um, I think if you were going to make the argument that we are in the golden age right now, I think the argument would be, and I'm not making this argument, but I'm thinking the point somebody could make is because there are so many platforms now and there's so much content out there, you're filling almost every niche there could possibly be. So whatever it type of show you're looking for, you can fill that niche now, I think. So, you know, back where in the 90s and even in the 2000s, it was there was only this many shows and, you know, you got to take what you what you get. Right. Uh, and Thursday nights were the most popular night. So that's when all show. the good shows came on, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or now you could pick whatever you want, whenever you want, and watch it. I, I think that's starting to be less true now, though. I mean, like there was a kind of uh, over the pandemic when so many people were home, you know, the streaming services got a big glut of subscriptions, and now they're losing it because there's so many. And I think we're going to start to stop seeing so many different types of shows, and they're going to start going with safer bets, like rebooting franchises and yeah. sitcoms, which I, you know, are much cheaper to produce than like a, you know, a big drama like, you know, Breaking Bad or The Wire or The Walking Dead or something like that. Yeah, it's definitely starting to to recede a little bit. We saw HBO merged with Warner Brothers and they canceled a bunch of shows. Um, Amazon spent the most money on any show ever in history for the Lord of the Rings series that came out last year. It was something like a billion dollars or something to make a show. And I just saw a news article yesterday that said only 37% of people who started watching that show actually finished it. Including me, and I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. <laughs> Lord of the Rings fan, I did not. I stopped watching it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Amazon's probably the only company that can blow a billion dollars to try to get a few more viewers, but who knows if that trend's going to continue. I don't, I don't think they're willing to just keep throwing a billion dollars a season if only a quarter of the people are going to finish it. Yeah, it seems like it's going the other way to me now. They're, they're going to start <laughs> cutting budgets for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I have a couple of quick facts about uh, about stream the streaming era that we're in right now. So cable subscriptions have plunged 40% since 2015, mostly by those under 50. Um most of the people who, who cut cable often cite it's too expensive and the content they want is online. Uh, that said, 51% of new shows are on streaming platforms. That's up from 13% in 2016. So most of the new shows that are being made are for streaming platforms now. And just to keep uh, everything you know, in context, the overall minutes of TV watched per day has remained flat since 2016. So people are still watching the same amount of TV, but now uh, the streaming portion of it has doubled. So it's now surpassed regular cable. Interesting. So people are still watching the same amount of TV. It's just they're watching it on streaming services now. And um, if you are one of the many people who think their cable cable bill is way too high and you're interested in cutting the cord or want to know what that means... Um, I'm teaching a class on it on June 5th, so check your calendars. The next newsletter will will uh, have that, and you can sign up, and I'll teach you how to save some money and get some of the cool content that we're going to be talking about in this episode. That's a good class to have, especially for older people. I've done this class about a half a dozen times now, and without fail, every time I do it, I get two dozen to 30 people registered, and I get 
a lot of uh, nightmare stories about cable bills, but I get some uh, very interested, uh, attentive attendees. They're, uh, I hope some of them take my advice because I've been cable. I've cut the cable almost five or six years now, and I do not miss it at all. Yeah, I haven't had cable for years either. Same here, but I think I'm paying more now for all of my. Yeah, it's getting my to the point. So, yeah. <laughs> it's getting a little ridiculous. The benefit of streaming, though, is you can always cancel it and redo it again. Well, like when yeah. the show you're done, like Mandalorian's over, so I'm going to get rid of you know Disney Plus. That's right. kind of what we do. That's yeah. So that's what I did. I got rid of Peacock so that I could get um, pay for the Showtime app. So, and shifting. Apple, I have to do Apple. Yeah. Yeah. More flexibility. <laughs> yeah. More flexibility, more management. But yes, like a la carte. Just pushing that money around. Okay, exactly I'm pushing it into showtime this month. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so any other final thoughts about uh, the golden era of TV, anything like that, uh, before we uh, go to a quick break and come back and talk about some specific shows that we're into? No, I don't think I have anything to add. All right, let's uh, take, a, take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk about... Uh, I promise we're finally going to talk about Yellow Jackets, and we're going to talk about some other shows that we're, uh, in, we're into. All right, we're back. So I already talked about this many times already. Um, we have a lot of staff that are big fans of the show Yellow Jackets. I have two of the biggest fans on the show today. So what are your thoughts on Yellow Jackets? We're starting season three three right now is that right season two so we just started season two about two weeks ago and um i think it is one of the best shows that are out right now i'm trying to get alex to watch more than the pilot episode um (laughs) i watched the pilot for his research for this episode of the podcast so i I appreciate that but um it i don't understand how you could watch the pilot episode and just not be drawn in because i just thought that first episode was so good yeah i was instantly hooked on it too because it's it's you know mysterious it's fun it's also, I think it helps that it's very of our era. You know, like the start, the theme song, it just like brought me back to high school, you know, and the, you know. All I, the music. Yeah, on it I love the music. So on 90s, it. because the, the year that it starts is 1996. Yeah. And it's a girls' soccer team. And I guess the majority of them are probably seniors. There might be one who's not a senior. And they are going to nationals, and they're supposed to fly to the West Coast. They're from New Jersey. And they get veered off course due to weathering, and they end up in the wilderness over Canada where they crash. So all the music that takes place in 96, or from it's from my college years, and... And um, I love it. And it just brings me back. To I'm that. always saying like, oh, okay, I haven't heard this song in so long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, it's just such a good soundtrack. And even the current timeline, which is 2021, actually, because that's when it started. I think they're up to like November, December right now of 2021. They still play some of that 90s music in there. And, um, so yeah, so just for the listeners who aren't aware, it bounces back and forth between yeah. the 90s and then the girls in the present day, yeah. basically and how reflecting they, back on the time or yeah. being interviewed about it. How they deal with their trauma, because they're all very traumatized in many different ways. Um, so they're dealing with it as adults. Like One is um, goes to rehab several times. She's um, a drug addict. Um, 
That's you know, Natalie. That's Natalie. Played yes. by Juliette Lewis. Yes, she's awesome. Um, again, she was yeah. A lot of the older women in the show are stars from when we were, you know, in from the, 90s, the era. From the era, oh, so it, it like is amazing the way they paired up the younger versions and the older versions of them. Um, and so yeah, so they go back and forth, um, and the uh, wilderness is they start from that plane crash and how they survive. And right now the. 1996 timeline there I think seven months into the crash for the beginning of season two so we've been with them for seven months and the current timeline is I don't even know maybe like a month or so because they talk about it's Halloween and then it's an election um, in New Jersey so November and they're right around that time so they also during that current timeline they have their 25-year high school reunion, right? And so there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of stuff happening. I, mean, it's... <laughs> I, I was going to say, for if people are listening and you haven't watched it yet, there will be spoilers. So just spoiler yeah, that's, alert. That's a good, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, so if you're listening and you don't want to be spoiled, you know, skip ahead to later look at the show notes to skip right. ahead until we change topics hurry and watch it yeah and then and come back. back if you do want to watch it it's on showtime it right on showtime um and season one we have on dvd at the library i'll put a link to it in the oh, notes awesome. so you can check it out from the library and yeah. you can apparently also get it on paramount plus okay that's good yeah, yeah. so so we have, there's many Listeners to the podcast, spoiler alert. You're hearing it right now. We're going to get into spoilers. And we have to talk about the most recent episode. We have to work our way up to that because yeah. that was one of the better, one of the best ones. I was going to say too, like for me, um, what's extra appealing about the show to me is not only it appeals to my nostalgia because I'm roughly the same age as the girls in it, the women in it, and um but also, I like how it, it's not just that because once you get into the um, contemporary times, you're like you're relating to it on a different level of more, you know, contemporary issues. And I, it also is, a, I think, a nice device for them to maintain the suspense because they can cut, you know, they can cut away from the you know 1996 and go back to 2021, and uh, it, it's it's a a really, I think, effective device for maintaining the, the suspense and the mystery element yeah. of the story. Yeah, I think a lot of shows a lot of shows do that now, where they'll have two plot lines going and they'll bounce back and forth. Like, all of the Star Wars shows do it. Yeah. You know, they'll have two things going on, and like when one gets a little too heated, they'll bounce to the other, and it just keeps you watching. Yeah, it's effective, especially for a show like this that has such a, like, mysterious, like, occult elements to it mm-hmm. that you don't quite know what's going on. Yeah, I don't want to compare it to um, one of its predecessors of Lost. I don't know if anybody here watched Lost, but uh, they also did the same thing with the um, flashbacks and they had the flash forwards, and it was a lot of cutting back and forth in their timelines. Yeah, that connects to one of my concerns about the show is I'm worried that it's going to be like Lost and have a a deeply unsatisfying ending. Because, like, when you're like, Building so much suspense, it can be very difficult to yeah. have a have a satisfying payoff for all of that suspense. So. And people are very divided Fingers on crossed. the ending of Lost. <laughs> I hate it. I did not like it either, but I actually had this um, discussion with Melissa 
in the teen department also, and she's one of the only people I met who loved the ending. And then she recently explained to me the, her interpretation, and I'm like, wow, that was a really good, that made me think, you know, a little twice, but I still don't like the ending, but she had a good explanation for it. Did you ever watch Lost? I watched the first season. Oh, okay. This is going to be a reoccurring oh, yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> theme we come back to. more of the movie person. Actually. Yeah, I, I'll, let me talk about that for just one second. So I don't watch a lot of TV and it's nothing against TV. I think TV is just as good as any other medium. I just prefer movies because I know it has an ending. Like, I know it's a complete story. Even if I don't like the story, I know it ends. Where a lot of shows, you know, half of the time shows don't know when to end. Especially American shows. They just go on and on and on. And I feel like the writing teams either get switched over or the writing teams don't know how to end it when they started. So I just, I can't invest in something that's going to run on and on and on if I don't know when or how it's going to end. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. true. It does you do get burned by that sometimes. It's the same like with books. I like reading series, but now I've learned let the series finish before you start reading it because you yeah. can just I, I do that with shows. I'll wait until a show is completely over before I start watching it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think about... I was once like you, Alex, and I, I once did that. I was once like you. <laughs> um, but that does lead to another dis- completely different dis- um, discussion about like shows that did end and like what had a great ending and what was really disappointing. And like you brought it up before, Six Feet Under, which was is notorious for having one of the best endings ever and just yeah. feeling so complete at the end, whereas Lost, I was just like, what did I spend these past, I don't know, seven years watching? Like, I just, I felt so let down. I did watch Six Feet Under so all the way ending. through, and it, I agree, it's one of the best shows. Best show, best ending, yeah. Definitely. And it always makes, like, the top of the list. When... Help watch the career of Sia. Oh, yes, yeah, <laughs> that song at the end yeah. is, like, it just makes you sob. So, I just want to throw that out there. Sorry, where were we? Do we want to talk about, I mean, it's really a part of the appeal to of it to me, too, is like just the, the acting. I have some really great actors in it. I, I, I particularly like um, Juliette, Juliette Lewis in it. And I find the, the current storyline where she's, I mean, I'm, we're skipping ahead a little bit, where she's abducted by the cult from the lady from the, and I'm like, she probably has some insight into this. Cause yeah, she was yeah. like, she's like a, a elapsed Scientologist. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was also a pretty wild, yeah. um, younger person, yeah. which is perfect for her character when she's younger too. Yeah. Who was, was also like the wild one in the bunch and had the reputation and, but all the younger versions of them, are so perfect to the older ones. And I wonder who they selected first. Did they go with the younger versions or the older ones and then find the younger versions? They're, they're spot on. I mean... Yeah. I feel like they probably did because the older versions tend are like established yeah. actors. And uh, so my <laughs> guess is that they, they started there and yeah. then found someone to match because... <laughs> yeah. I just realized I was listening to an episode of Fresh Air with um, Melanie Linsky who plays... Uh, Shauna in it. Yeah. Did you know she's from New Zealand? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, American accent, Melanie, yes. if you're listening. <laughs> and another um, thing about her that I found out when I started watching this show is that she is married to Jason Ritter, who is John Ritter's oh. son, and he looks just like his dad. And I, growing up, loved Three's Company, one of my favorite shows that I used to sneak. I wasn't allowed to watch it, um, but I used to watch it anyway. And 
I loved John Ritter, and his son is looks just like him, and I follow him on various social medias. He acts just like yeah. him, and I just think that they're an adorable couple, and so I just wanted to mention that as well about him <laughs> and her brother. <laughs> I did like the acting from the little I did see of Yellow Jackets. Uh, I thought the performances are great. I think it has a very distinct tone. Um, I, I The reason I probably won't continue is I just... I can't stand like high school drama stuff, so that, and that's half of the show. I think from what I gathered. When well, the I don't think it's really high school drama. It's survivalist drama. Well, that was my high school. I grew up in the survival. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm, for anyone, it is in the wild. Not in the not in the wilderness, just in the wild of your high school, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. kind of like it gave me like Riverdale vibes a little bit. No, I, I, feel I, like I think you were very wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I think if you were to watch more, you would see that it's not like that. But because some of that first episode does take place before the plane crash, you're seeing how petty some of the girls are and very much like people that we probably all went to high school with. Yeah. Um, but they get past that. The show is also very dark. And that's not, that's not something I gravitate towards. Yeah. I usually like the shows I do watch either have comedy or they're more drama, mm-hmm. but this is just like dark. The show's very dark, um, subject wise and visually, it's very dark. <laughs> so you can't have any glares on <laughs> yeah. your TV when you're Always watching. Always having it. to turn the, the lamp off behind Lamps, you. Lamps, <laughs> um, shades need to come down, <laughs> the lights on. It's uh, difficult to watch. Yeah, I mean, I uh, that's one of the things I like about it because I like a dark element. I like horror movies. So yeah. that that definitely appeals to me, especially, uh, yeah, I like the kind of a cult element to it. That's yeah. something that I, I like I mean, <laughs> in, you know, not in real life. but yeah. in... <laughs> No, I think these are none of the things that I like about it either or anything that I would like in real life. But in a show, that's completely different from my life. I'm okay with it. And I think one of, like the very first scene is of the girl running in the wilderness in the snow and she falls into a pit. So everyone calls her pit girl on various, you know, uh, websites and social media. And she is like the next meal, basically, of um, all the girls. So that's like the first scene. So instantly I'm pulled in because, I don't know, the thought of cannibalism is very intriguing to me. It's very in right now on TV, too. Peter was just talking. (laughs) Like The Last of Us I'm watching, too. And there's like an episode where there's cannibals in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) Just the one episode. Yeah, just the one episode. And, uh, and actually, that reminded me of in The Walking Dead because there was like a whole season based off cannibals too. But um, but I, when growing up again in the '90s, the movie Alive, when that came oh, yeah. out, it, like that was like the one thing that fascinated me. I remember going to the movies with my friend, and, um, and then I read the book about it because that one of the survivors wrote, and, um, and that was just really, I think, the, my first. Um, foray into cannibalism on um, viewing any kind of viewing and so now that thought was like whoa and then after that first scene then they cut to high school and you're just dying to see how do they get up to that point which they don't do in the first season yeah i actually forgot about that pit girl thing until that because like you know i the last episode you're it, there's you know the cannibalism is has returned and i i i forgot that there was it was in there before actually because it's been a long time since i watched yeah 
like you're seeing every episode you're seeing these girls get more and more feral yeah and what like to the most recent episode when they partake in full-on cannibalism for like the first time uh they look like they're a bunch of feral girls and you know they're starving and um and they do it but in the pit girl scene it's like they're purposely trying to catch catch their next meal so it's like what drives them to split up like that and to chase someone to eat them. And what do you do? You think there's a metaphor there with the uh, cannibalism? Oh. Like what? Alex and I were talking about it a little earlier. I'm like, is this like a metaphor for, you know, I don't know how teenage girls turn on each other, or um, you know, a more a wider metaphor yeah, about society or something? Sure, especially high school girls in high school. Maybe they feel like they're getting eaten alive it's, I don't know or maybe it's just for shock value who knows yeah. maybe we're reading it more into it than the <laughs> well, writers shocking. because everybody is fascinated by the cannibalistic plot yeah they've been I'm, wanting to see it I'm just looking back at my notes like looking at where we've come from the Simpsons and Seinfeld and Friends and Roseanne it's like how are they going to top cannibalism and right. you know what's next right, what, what yeah. show's going to come out in a couple of years like where are they going to go where do you go from cannibalism of your friends I don't know I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Or do you think it's going to pivot and we're going to start seeing more hint at what we're going to be talking about next, more like Ted Lasso shows where we're going to completely pivot from the dark and go back to more... It's like a ball just bouncing tender, yeah. back and forth between, yeah, all these things. It's nice to watch comedy shows like Ted Lasso. They give you a good feeling after watching something so dark like Yellow Jackets. It's good that they're on at the same time, actually, like in the same season right now. Because yeah. you could watch something lighthearted and something not lighthearted. Yeah, you watch some Yellow Jackets and then you watch a Ted Lasso after so you can you go to sleep. Good. And then you feel better <laughs> about yourself. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to keep talking about Yellow Jackets or should we transition? I mean, yeah, I don't so... think we really... Yeah, I mean, do you, do you have some theories about where it's going? I know you go on the... I know, I follow, yeah, a bunch of stuff and I'm always reading about it, especially after I watch an episode. And honestly, with this one, I really don't know. Like, I've read all these theories that, like, um, maybe it's an underground mine. Um, I wrote it down. It's called a a Cinnabar Mines that exist in Canada. Um, And it's a bright red in color. And it could be in the food and in the water, which we did see in season yeah. one, right? In the river, it was red. Um, and it will, if consumed, have very adverse effects on people. So um, there was also some other hints and um, flashes, because this show does a lot of flashes. Like, these flashes are like one second. And you can't really tell what's going on, but there's a lot of people out there that you know, screen grab and post it so you could see stuff. And there's um, Lottie, who is um, Courtney Eaton. That's her name, I believe. And um, she is one of the younger girls um, who kind of becomes a leader. And she has flashbacks or flash forward. I don't know what it is. Um, during a scene when she's getting baptized and she looks like she's underground and then they also in the most recent scene when Natalie and um, Travis are looking for Javi slash food to eat they find this tree stump that has no snow on it and so maybe there's like some kind of geothermal something happening and where's Javi? Will Javi survive? And if, if he does is it because he's in this underground something? 
That's one of the most interesting theories I've read. How about you, Peter? I haven't read any theory, so I I I am. I, um... Do you have a theory then? Not really. <laughs> That's why I asked you. I have. I I have. Yeah, I'm kind of just along for the ride, and like, um, I'm trying not to get too wrapped up in what's happening because I I'm trying to protect myself oh, from, yeah. <laughs> from yeah. disappointment. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I I honestly will be kind of disappointed if there's not something more like a cult because I you know. I'm I'm a big horror movie guy, so I like you know I I would be into some sort of Wicker Man style. Yeah. yeah. If if you were gonna sell this show to me, I would take the Wicker Man angle because I I'm a huge Wicker Man. Oh really? Fan. That's okay. what I. That's what hope I've, is I've read about that too. Yeah, there could be, but there's definitely. Well, no, maybe not. I'll, is there something supernatural happening? You know. Take that out. I hope so. Restart. <laughs> Is there something supernatural happening? Like um, this past episode, it depends how you look at it too. Like where, like I don't, you probably don't know what happens, Alex, but um, one of the girls dies. Um, she freezes to death two months ago, and that's how it season one ended. So now they have, the ground is too hard. It's frozen. They can't bury her. So they're like holding on to her in um, a shed where they keep meat. Of uh, a bear that they killed. Braiding her hair and putting makeup on. It's very creepy. Yes. So Shauna is having um, difficulty accepting that her friend died and kind of because she had something to do with it too. So um, they end up deciding that this is sick. Like, Shauna, you're not letting go. So we need to get rid of the body. So they decide to uh, burn the body. And they put like a big wood pile. They, you know get their fire going and then all the girls go to sleep in the cabin that they're staying in for shelter and at some point during the night um is it supernatural because of the way that the camera angle went it went like above the body burning and it was just like very uh cool effects that they did or was it because the snow was melting that's all the way in the trees and it lands on top of the body and it puts out the fire Mm -hmm. So now, essentially, the the body is, like, steaming and being cooked. And so everybody wakes up in the middle of the night to the scent of, like, barbecue and meat. And and they're starving. And they're starving. They're they're almost out of food, so. So they wake up, they smell it, and and that's when they partake in, like, their first real, like, they just can't help it at this point. And, um... Has those flashes to them, like, looking like a, like... Dionysian yes. feast where they're yeah. in like gowns Roman and then it switches houses. back to them in their coats. Like. Yeah. Like they're eating strawberries in yeah. the in their like fantasy and you know in, in real life they're eating like their friend. Like so yeah. are they even aware that that's what they're doing or they or is it some sort of disassociate yeah, like I think they're disassociating yeah. to right. cope with it. And that you know, some people are saying too, like, oh, um Thaisa who she dis um she has I don't know what it is like she separates dissociates. It's like it's like almost yeah sleepwalking it seems to do happen when she falls asleep. She's a little bit violent when she sleepwalks and these weird things happen some like cultish and maybe she wasn't um even really there maybe it was like her in her sleep state because it was while they were all sleeping uh, like will she remember what happened i can't wait for the upcoming episode like how are they all going to look at each other the next day after they you know wake up and have to face what they've done um and then there's poor coach ben 
who will probably be their next meal at some point. Um, and he was the only one that did not partake in it. He was disgusted by it. He was watching horrified from the... Yeah. Oh, so it's not just the girls that survived the plane crash. It's their coach, There's one too. coach, but he's yeah. injured. And... He has one leg. Yeah, yeah. He's not much of an authority figure. They don't listen to him. He tries to be the moral compass. And there, there were two boys originally, and one of them's missing, and there's other one is still. Right. And they're brothers, so there's brothers. one boy, all the girls, and poor Coach Ben. Um, and so he will probably be like an upcoming meal for them. Um, and it's just interesting to see where it's gonna go. Like I'm just excited for each episode. Very dark. Sounds tantalizing. You are selling <laughs> know. it. You're selling it. <laughs> I was reading about the ending yesterday, even though I already saw it. I was just like reading, um, and I was eating a sandwich. And I don't really think that you should definitely don't watch it while you're eating, <laughs> and you know, maybe not even read about it because it wasn't the most appetizing <laughs> meal I had. It was, <laughs> was gross. Yeah. All right, so maybe we should uh, take another quick break and we'll come back with a little bit of a lighter show, uh, Ted Lasso. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, we're back. So let's, uh, let's change topics a little bit here and uh, switch to Ted Lasso. So Ted Lasso is now on season three. Three. Just started. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ted Lasso? I think Ted Lasso is one of the best shows around right now um, for that lighthearted... Um, heartwarming feeling that you want and um, I came into Ted Lasso right after finishing Schitt's Creek which is one of my favorite all-time favorite shows I could just watch it over and over again um, and I just was craving something also so heartwarming and um, it's it's laugh out loud funny but it's also it just makes you smile yeah it really came at the the right time for me too because what the last when did it start was it 20 2021 yeah. and you know it wasn't like a really great time for me personally and for a lot of people and it was just a breath of fresh air and it's not only is it make you it's heartwarming and laugh out loud funny but there's you know they do like tackle some serious issues and i think a really thoughtful way and but it's more than that, you know. Yeah, and one of the things that you like about it too is aside from Jason Sudeikis, although I probably mispronounced Sudeikis. It, Sudeikis, I always mispronounce that. Thank you. Um, there's really nobody on there that is well known. A lot of them were new, at least to me. Yeah. Especially the men. A lot of like the young men yeah. from like different countries um, are all kind of new. The only one I knew was um, the ex-husband of Rupert. Rupert is Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, he was the librarian in Buffy, oh, so of course he was important to me. Okay, yeah, I didn't know who that was. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, I, I, I think uh, you're absolutely right. Ted Lasso coming out right basically in the beginning of the pandemic really served it well. I think it won the Emmy for Best Show. I don't know. I don't know how the Emmys work. Yeah. Um, but it won that year, and you're, I'm glad you mentioned Shit's Creek because that show was already out for like three or four seasons or something right. at that point. But as soon as the pandemic hit, everyone wanted really something to make them, you know, take their mind off how dark the world was. Some, they wanted to laugh. And uh, Schitt's Creek just blew up. Like, and then it won a bunch of awards for its final season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think those are, that was smart to mention that. I think it really came at the exact right time. 
Um, I watched season one. I didn't go on after that, but I, I liked season one a lot. I thought um, it was very heartwarming. Yeah, I think it was just like a perfect bomb for everyone's fears. Yeah, and Ted Lasso, similar again to Schitt's Creek, like the character development is really well done. I mean, you know, they just, you watch the characters really growing and changing through each episode. And there's not a lot of shows that really do that. You know, they're just, you know, in situations or whatever. And, um, you know, there's a lot of continuity errors in other shows. Um, but Ted Lasso, like every episode just connects and... I, I think that particularly in season two, and for people who maybe don't know, it's the, the story of um, an American, American football coach who moves to England and he um, uh, takes over a struggling soccer team as a coach knowing nothing about soccer, but having a lot of positive energy and um, I, the first season is a lot of just the, you know, posit- positivity from him and getting the team spirit up and that sort of thing. But it's definitely not really, I'm not a sports guy at all. And, you know, it's not like your conventional sports show. It's not really about that. It's about the characters. But I was going to say in season two is when you, you really start to see the development because that's when you know, the, some of the darker elements come in. He's his anxiety and they get the team like therapist comes and everything. And I think that's where it really kind of, you know, I, when the second season started, I'm like, I don't know what they're going to do with this. And they, they found a way to like take it a step further. You know? Yeah. I think they're only doing three seasons. Like this is, is this the last one? Like they only, they have a particular amount of time. I, I hope it is because I, I'm enjoying the third season, but yeah. I, I'm feeling like there's maybe they're starting to repeat themselves a little bit and right. then there might be some diminishing returns and it would be probably overall a better thing if they, they end the story yeah, and not, don't try to keep it going. Sure. Like one of the seasons was about them trying to make the Premier League, right? And yeah. now they're in the Premier League and, you know, then we're watching like some rate, um, some of the relationships develop between the characters, but not to overdo it. Yeah. They probably should end. What do you think about the whole Roy and um, Keeley? Keeley? Like, well, I didn't watch the, the last episode, so I'm only two episodes in, not three. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what happens in that one, but... Um, I would like them to get back together. So when season two ended and there was like that threat hovering that they were going to break up. Well, that doesn't seem to be any justification for why they no, broke up. And it, but I mean, in the show, everybody's like, what? Yeah. Why? You know? And, but yeah, I, in the third episode, which I've seen, I won't give anything okay. away, but they do start to hint, you know, there's some, you know, longing okay. looks or you can see some, um, what's the word? Regret. Oh, with Roy, okay. like, yeah. maybe he's having second thoughts about having ended well, it. But. in the second season, Roy was getting friendly with his niece, Phoebe's teacher. And so I thought they were going to play that out. Like, were yeah. they going to start some kind of relationship? But I, so far, the first two episodes have not seen Nothing any of that. Seen. So I guess that storyline dropped. Because um, that was the reason I was seeing them breaking up at the end of season two, that last episode. But now it just doesn't seem like that played out. So just get back together already. Like they're just like, you know, a happy couple that makes you laugh. Yeah, it was part of the feel good there, the back and forth because he's gruff and and she's so, you know, it was like a nice, a nice, they had a nice back and forth that was like, I felt like a good 
part of the main heart of the show, and it yeah. it's, it suffers without it. It does for sure. Yeah, and a lot a lot of the um, the football players. I mean, they're also really, really funny, and they're really heartwarming, and like that. They had a Christmas episode, I think, in season two, where they all end up at I don't know who Higgins is. Is he like a, a not a manager, but a the accountant or I don't know. He's, he's yeah in charge of something, charge something, of something functional. Yeah, something or other. And he and his wife every Christmas have um, any of the players over who can't go home to um, go go to their own home. You know, a lot of them are from other countries, and you know usually he has two players, and this. This particular year, all the players went, and you just see them all um, goofing around with his kids and with each other, and it's just really sweet seeing all of um, the characters like that, and it, it just was such a sweet episode with everybody together. It was like that classic Christmas episode that we grew up with in our favorite show like oh look there's a christmas episode like roseanne every year did they they were famous for their halloween episodes and um, a lot of the shows did christmas episodes but you don't really get that so much anymore but like ted lasso kind of brought that back and it was really nice actually schitt's creek also had a christmas episode but only one in there like seven years so (laughs) what do you think of the zava thing yeah, he, <laughs> but he Zava is like the the star player that um, they manage to get to join his team because everybody thinks they're going to go out of the Premier League because they're not very good, and then they they convince the like best player in the world to join the team. Yeah, but he he seems like a, he seems like a real jerk. Like he's just like really obnoxious, and like I can't see him personality wise fitting in with the guys, and he just seems so arrogant. You know, yeah. it's got, I don't know, I mean, that Roy Kent attitude, right? Because he was always pretty, or Jamie Tart. Jamie Tart's the really arrogant one. Um, and he's not well-loved. I, I honestly think that um, uh, the point of the Zava character is for Jamie. It's like to show, like, the growth of Jamie and it's going to be how he reacts to someone acting like he acted originally, you know? And That's like, a good point. It's like, I think it's a vehicle kind of for the... For that character. Yeah, that is smart. Because um, Jamie has been changing slowly. And I think you see it in that episode with his dad. Yeah. Um, that was like one episode that made me cry because you see Roy Kent also become um, very soft. And like he gives him a big hug after Jamie's father watches him play. And although I think he did really well in the game, right? He his dad made a comment because he wasn't playing for the team, the their hometown team oh, or whatever. Right. I think is yeah. what it was, yeah. And he um, made a very insulting um, comment, and um, Jamie, you see Jamie like kind of break down, like you just see it in his head, and then um, Roy Kent goes over and he just gives him this like really big hug, and Jamie just starts crying. And there's that uh, reference to that scene too in the new season where uh, Jamie finds out about Roy and, uh, and Keely having yeah. broken up, and he tries to hug him, and it, yes, you know, for does. more uh, comedic <laughs> effect. Yes, it, which I did actually reproduce. laugh out loud with that one <laughs> last night because everybody is asking Roy, like you know, about the breakup, and everybody thinks that Keely broke up with him because he's so grumpy, I guess, and she's such a happy person, but. He's the one that broke up with her, and nobody can really believe it. And everybody wants to comfort him, but he, you know, he's not that type of person. 
but um, I like that theory about Zava coming in to show the growth of Jamie Tart. You, you might not have seen this yet either, because I think it's just in the third episode, but it looks like there's going to be a new gay storyline with one of the players on the team, oh, okay. which could be interesting. Yeah, so, with uh, Colin, <laughs> I have <Okay>. my... <laughs> we have a call sheet here that we're referencing. <laughs> Peter did print out all the uh, character names. They're very smart with pictures of them. There. Between the two shows, there are a lot of characters. Um, but also, I think that would be great, but also, whatever happened to the storyline between Rebecca, the owner of the football team, the football club, and, um, I can't remember his name, it's like to Toby? Sam. Sam? Oh, Obi. That's his, the actor's name is Toheed. Yes. Yeah. They, uh, they reference that on the third episode, okay, too, so right. they, they haven't completed I've been waiting in the two episodes, I'm like, what happened here? They were having a relationship. Um, okay, so that's good. And he's also a very lovable character. Yeah. And I'm glad in season two that they started giving him more lines because he's funny. Sorry, I can't contribute to this <laughs> conversation. Yeah. That's all right. Um, we don't need you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I could have basically just turned on these mics and left the room for most of the time. Um, okay, so let's go to one final break. When we come back, we'll mention some other of our favorite shows. Just run through them quickly. We don't have to go into in-depth conversations with them. And uh, we'll call it an episode. How's that sound? Sure. Sounds good. All right. All right, we are back. So does anyone have any TV recommendations they have? Not, not something that's currently playing, but maybe we're in between seasons or something. I, I have a, a list of shows that I do watch. Maybe I'll start off. Yeah, Maybe, let's okay. So I guess one of my favorite shows going on right now is What We Do in the Shadows. It's on Hulu. Um, and I guess FX or FXX or something. Um, I started watching it because I'm a huge fan of the movie What We Do in the Shadows. And I am obsessed with Matt Berry, who is one of the actors. He plays one of the vampires in the show. It's a comedy show, I should say, if you aren't familiar. Um, Matt Berry is amazing. I've seen everything he's been in. He's hilarious. So I'm, I'm enjoying that show. I think their season five, I think, is coming out probably in the fall. Yeah. Um, another show on Hulu is Only Murderers in the Building. I am way behind on it, but I am enjoying it. Um, I'm behind because I watch it with my wife, and it's hard for us to sync up with a, a kid to sit down and watch an hour-long show about murder. But I'm really enjoying it. Great one. Great. Meryl Streep's going to be in the new season. And yeah. Paul Rudd, and so Paul I'm Rudd. excited for the, the next season. I don't know when it's coming out, but they're filming Soon. it, I think, right? So, okay, maybe they're done filming them. A couple other shows. Um, on HBO, I have a couple of shows I'm watching. Um, Peacekeeper is um, a DC Comics show. I don't usually like superhero movies or shows, but... Um, I liked uh, the director, I'm blanking on his name, he did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, and John Cena, that's his name, right? He's the star. And it's it's not like a, um, you know, a big action set piece show. It's more of like a dark comedy. Um, so I really liked, really enjoyed that. I'm looking forward to season two. Um, I'm also watching Avenue 5 on HBO. That is by the same people who made Veep, which is my favorite show, maybe ever. Um, so it's the same people who made that and a lot of the same actors too. It's, it's basically Veep in space. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, and also on HBO, Our Flag Means Death, uh, by Taiti Wahidi. Is that his name? Taika Waititi. 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 
Um, another dark comedy, I guess you would call it, or just a street comedy. I'm not He's sure. the same person who did um, What We Do in the Shadows. What we do in the Shadows, yeah. yeah. So. Um, very, very good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to season two of that. Uh, Barry, the final season of Barry is coming out this year. Yep, that's with... Um, Bill Hader. Yep, that's a great show. And uh, this is a show that they only do a season every few years. Um, Fargo, it's on Hulu. I think they just did season four, but they take like multiple years in between each season. And each season is a standalone kind of miniseries. They're not connected. Um, Great, great show. Season one is still my favorite, but the latest season four was very good as well. It had um, Chris Rock... Jason Schwartzman, um, they have an amazing cast every season. Who, who, the new one they just announced. Who? There's somebody I was excited for. I can't remember who. It was. Oh, I didn't even know they That's announced. That's going to be in the five. new season. Google it. Stay There's somebody yeah. exciting. That... <laughs> um, and then the last show um, is uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime. Um, I really this was my favorite show going for a while, and then I I'm behind on it. I haven't even watched the last season. But anyways. That's that's my list. Lots of good ones on there. Yeah, that's, there, there are a lot of good ones. I just want to comment on what we do in the shadows because I pulled an Alex on that one and I really only watched the first episode. I could not get into it. I just couldn't do it. And um, the type of humor I like. And as for the movie, I loved the, the Flight of the Concord guy that's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish he was in. He is. He is in the show? They all make appearances. Oh. Like you should you should give it another try. Yeah, everybody it's says that. Really good. Everybody says that. And our flag means death is really good too. It's the same. It's like pirates, but it's the same style. Same style, yeah. Same vibes. I'm gonna write that down. All right, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Uh, I just have two shows, and there are two shows that are um, have one season and are about to come back soon for a second season. Um, the first one is uh, on HBO. It's called Somebody Somewhere, and it's um stars Bridget Everett, who is kind of a um, shock comic, sort of. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of her comedy, but this is more of a drama. And it's basically a story. She's, uh, I guess it's somewhat autobiographical. She actually is from Kansas. This woman who's been in, I think, in New York, moves back home to Kansas. Um, and there's like her her uh, sister dies of su- by suicide. And it's kind of her she's just in this haze she'd been moving in with this and she she has this kind of dead-end job where she um she works at this company that like grades tests that people it's like really and she uh um meets there's a guy from her high school that works there too who she doesn't even remember but he remembers her and they strike up a friendship and it's it's funny it's sad it's it's just really really well written and it's it's a great show you know it's got I would say on the heavier side than something like Ted Lasso, but it similarly has a lot of heart. Uh, it's still funny because it's like the two main characters are both comedians. It's um, Jeff Hiller. Uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but I like him a lot. Anyway, that that's really good. I'm really looking forward to the next season starts next month. Uh, and then the other show that I really um, love is Severance. That's on... Um, Apple TV Plus, and it's a you know kind of a sci-fi show starring Adam Scott. Great cast. It's got John Turturro, Christopher Walken in it, and it's kind of a sci-fi show in that like they it's they work in this place uh, where basically you're severed. It's a big kind of like 
huge company, almost like an Amazon thing. You don't even know what they do because they kind of do everything. And basically, it you're severed. So when you leave work, you don't remember what happens at work. And when you're at work, you don't remember your personal life. And um, and it's the the way it's filmed. It's very stylized. The the offices are these weird. They look like you know the computers they use, and they're they're doing this weird like. Uh, they don't even know what their job is. It's like they're looking at these screens with numbers and they're supposed to like press a button when the number feels dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's like really weird, but it's really good. And That's on my list. That one yeah, has looked really good. Really and now that I have Apple again for Ted Lasso, I'm going to put that one in. And just a, a side note to flex for um, Sean, who was on the Oscars episodes. Um, he right now is a PA at um, on Severance. Oh. in the city um and for season two wow yeah, and he met adam scott That's he was telling me about it the other day so you're welcome sean i just uh plugged you there <laughs> so those are my two <laughs> okay um so i did only murders in the building and i think that's one of the best shows out right now too. oh my god um steve martin and martin short are hilarious and they are just so great and i love that they're back for a show like this, for like a new generation of people. Um, I watched, this is a documentary, but on Netflix I watched, uh, I think it's called M370, and it's the Malaysian flight that disappeared in the, I don't remember, 2019 or something, and it's a three-part documentary that's really good. Um, And they just talk about conspiracies that, like three major conspiracies, what they think might have happened. And they really never even found out what happened. And I was pretty disappointed at the end where like really they have no new information that leads to what may have happened. That was disappointing, but it was really interesting to um, watch the show and to really learn about it. Um, So if you like documentaries, I have like a plane crash theme here. So um, I do recommend that one. Um, the Last of Us on HBO, which I think... No is, spoilers. No spoilers. You're going to watch That's it. That's on my list. You have to watch that. And I do think you would like that. And when you do, um, when they do season two, and I don't know when it will be, you need to do a podcast about that one. I will. And I wanted to talk about it on this episode, mm-hmm. I but I wanted to play the game that the show is based off of okay. first. I bought the game and the game is riddled with bugs. I couldn't even get it to run. Oh, no. So they're... Hopefully they'll fix that. I'll be able to finish the game and then I'll catch up on the show and we'll. I promise you we'll and do an do episode it. on yeah. that. Yeah, because that I'm, is one of the best shows out right now. I watched that one too, so if you need me for that episode. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah I'd be in for that one too. Um, and then I am watching old shows because they bring me comfort. So Seinfeld, which I did mention earlier, I watch that almost every night and I'm just re-watching. So I think I'm up to season four right now. And I laugh at every episode. I mean, I just think it's one of the best shows. Um, it's, you know, they made a show that was uh, meant to be inappropriate. And it still holds true. Like, everything that they're doing, it's still funny. I don't think it's out of date. Um, and like I said, like, every day I think of something, a line from that show. Like, it is just always with me. Um, and then one of the, another show that I'm rewatching is very old. It's the Carol Burnett show. I've been watching. Um, I grew up watching Carol Burnett, and I loved it. And I, th- I think I'm watching it on Hulu right now. And it's so funny. I was scrolling through TikTok, and I found um, a clip of Tim Conway, who's one of the comedians on it. 
and it was one of the funniest scenes I ever saw. Like, I was still laughing, and it's, you know, like 40 years later, and it was a scene he did with Harvey Corman, and um, Harvey Corman played a dentist, and Tim Conway was the patient, and it was one of the um, only episodes that Tim Conway, he said, uh, not Tim Conway, uh, Harry, Harvey Corman said he peed himself laughing so much from Tim Conway. I think I've seen this exact it's so same funny. thing. It's so funny, yeah. So when I came across that on my TikTok, I was like, I gotta rewatch this. And so I watched, you know, a bunch of episodes and I'm still laughing. I still think it's really funny. They're just really funny comedians. And um, that one's lost on like a whole generation. I don't think people would really, really rewatch that. But um, if you need a laugh before bed and that's a yeah. good one to watch there is something to say about like evergreen comedy where mm. it's like it's very character driven or situate you know where it's not like comedy that's like about the news that's going on right now exactly right or like, like saturday night live which you know goes through its phases of being really good it's irrelevant it, a week like, later exactly and like they are always there's always something political on it and but like the variety show like carol burnett you know it's just everyday things it's nothing you know there's not too much pop culture in it. I mean, there are some pop culture references, yeah. but... I, w- I want to do a whole episode of this podcast on, like, cozy watches. Uh-huh. Like, what do you watch to, like, get cozy? Well, that's a, that would be a good episode, yeah. And, um, yeah, like, I think Seinfeld would fit that category. It's yeah. kind of like things like you can have in the background. Like, you, you know what? Yep. It's just always good. The show for me is Frasier. I was talking about this with, with Peter. Like, that's just a show that I'll go, you know, my wife and I will just turn on because... Yeah. We know the characters, and we're guaranteed to laugh. Yes, that for me is Golden Girls. So like, I could put that show on and like shut my eyes and picture the entire episode. I don't even have to have mm-hmm. my eyes open because I've watched it so many times. That's my comfort. I like a, a a good comfort thing for me. I I also like to watch Carol Burnett, but there's a Pluto TV. It's like a free app. They have yeah. a Carol Burnett channel. You can just turn it on and it just plays episode after episode. Oh, that's awesome. So that's fun to do. But I, I for me, a comfort thing is I love a guest star. Like a, a guest star from the 70s and 80s. So right now, my husband and I were watching Columbo and Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> we, watch, we, we turn it on before bed, but also really good for that is um, Love Boat and Fantasy Island. Oh, wow. And it just reminds me, too, of being a little kid and like, you know, getting out of the bath and watching TV while my mom folds the laundry or whatever, you know, just so, but I, it's funny cause I don't watch, I didn't, in the nineties, I didn't really watch that much TV. The only show I watched regularly was the Simpsons. So I don't have, you know, it was on. So I love Seinfeld and I, you know, yeah. you saying that made me think I should rewatch those. But mm-hmm. for me, like the comfort ones that tend to be really old ones when I was a little kid, you know, all right. Well, that's all I got for this episode. Thank you both for joining me. Thank you. Thanks Thank for, you having for having me. Well, me on. I'll make sure you're both on for uh, for the cozy cast. Yeah, we'll be on that one. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye.